Hello and welcome to the Raw Podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. My name is James Copley and I'm joined today by Phil Smith. Um, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, Phil, and quite a bit has happened since then. Back-to-back-to-back um, to back to back losses, Charlton, uh, Rotherham United and Sheffield Wednesday in the league. There was a, a positive result against QPR uh, in the Carabao Cup, sandwiched in there as well since we last had you on the podcast. But um, I guess what are your overall thoughts on, on what's transpired these past couple of weeks, in particular... Rotherham and uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland losing those two away games by an aggregate score of 8-1, to one, which uh, doesn't look great on paper, does it? No, it didn't look great on grass either. Um, <laughs> yeah, It's kind of amazing, isn't it, how quickly the um, bleak League One midwinter comes around. Um, yeah, I was thinking that last night. I went out for a little walk at uh, about half five and it was pitch black, freezing cold, and Sunderland did conceded eight goals in, in five days, as you mentioned. Um, I think that, to be honest, I always expected that there'd be a stage of the season where we had this discussion or this debate, if you like, around whether you could really develop a young squad of players and win automatic promotion or win the title in a division as competitive as this, particularly in a scenario where the division that we've got this year, where you have a lot of other teams who have similar spending power to Sunderland, who are doing it a different way and buying very experienced, battle-ready players, if you like, at League One level. I probably didn't expect it to come this early in the season. I certainly didn't expect it to be as kind of dramatic as this, if you like, in terms of what's transpired over the last two games. But I did expect it to happen at some stage. And I think that, you know, I think the two games to me were, were different. I think that's an important point as well. I thought the Rotherham game, I thought Sunderland's execution of what they're trying to do was just desperately poor. I thought it was as simple as that. If you look at the first goal against Rotherham, that's actually a really good example of how playing out from the back can be hugely successful You know, if you do it well. And the problem was, was for the vast majority of the game, they did it very, very poorly and they allowed Rotherham to play in the areas that Rotherham wanted to, giving away stupid free kicks, booting the ball out for a throw-in under pressure, which is exactly what Rotherham wanted to do. I didn't feel like that was a feeling of the philosophy. I felt like it was a feeling of the execution, if that makes sense. And then Sheffield Wednesday, I thought they started okay. It gave away two incredibly soft goals. Um, and then I have to admit, I thought in possession, they laboured a bit. You know, I thought they did have one or two good spells, um, but I thought they were lacking a bit of composure, a bit of creativity in possession. So clearly there's a vulnerability that's been exposed here. And that's something they've got to address. You know, the fact that Sheffield Wednesday picked, you know, two physical centre forwards, which is not something they've done all season, fired long balls into them at times. You know, there's obviously a big test here for Johnston to to find that balance between his task in developing players and his task in developing automatic promotion, which I have to say is not an easy brief. No, not at all. What have you made of of Sunderland tactically, Phil? Because over the the two games against Rotherham United and Sheffield Wednesday started sort of a 4-2-3-1 against Rotherham, went to a back five to match Rotherham up. And then against Sheffield Wednesday, it was more of a 4-3-3 with Luke 9 maybe pushing a bit further on. Wednesday played a back five as well. It, it seems like Sunderland have really, really struggled to to come to grips with that. And maybe Lee Johnson's setup and and tactical tactical brief has sort of been found out a little bit maybe by teams who were doing the homework. It certainly felt like Ward and, and Darren Moore had certainly done that. 
Yeah, I mean, rather than play that way all the time, I don't think that was necessarily something they'd done to set up, you know, specifically to exploit Sunderland necessarily. I think that, you know, his selection against Rotherham was um, was a brave one, if you like, in terms of picking two very, very attacking wingers. You know, the hope being, well, OK, we know you've got attacking wing-backs and strong wing-backs, but we feel we can push you back with our players. You know, the level of performance he got meant that that didn't happen. Um and I do think that maybe in retrospect, you know, it, it, of course it looks like a very naive decision that didn't work out. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because then you look to the Sheffield Wednesday game and it felt like it was maybe a little bit too far the other way because I did feel at times that, you know, they were crying out for that little bit of um, willingness to get on the ball around the opposition box to maintain possession for spells, although they did do that for about 20 minutes before the second goal. You know, I know the game was already lost by this point, but if you look at the last 15, 20 minutes at Sheffield Wednesday, you had Embleton and Pritchard looking for each other, coming deep to try and get possession, trying to take players on, trying to build up moves. And so there's definitely a balance to be found, isn't there? Which at the moment in the last two games, you could say that we've almost had two sides of the extreme, where at Rotherham it was a quite a bold selection, but was made to look a little gung-ho. And I would stress as well, that's partially because of the players in the in your know, in own third who weren't able to get the the service that was good enough out to those players, they could argue they needed better defensive protection from those in front of them. And then at Sheffield, it felt like you know an overcorrection, if you like, where I felt Sunderland were were lacking a little bit of personality on the ball. And of course, the issue there is it didn't bring them that defensive solidity. It did for much of the game, but they still made those kind of major errors, if you like. And I suppose that's going to be a a big question for Johnson now when those league games eventually come around in terms of his combinations because, you know, at the moment, Doyle and Serkin look like they need a little bit of a breather. He hasn't really got options to replace Serkin with Denver Hume being injured. Um, so, yeah, there's some big questions. I, I, I do think, you know, it might seem a little bit overly simplistic, but we can characterise, I think, what's happened in the moment in trying to find this balance between playing this expansive philosophy that I think everyone still supports, but also doing so in a way that, you know, can means you can go and get automatic promotion. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's not an easy task, but obviously it's one that Johnson has to get right. Absolutely. And I guess it, it's so unfortunate that this sort of bad run has come because trust was just starting to develop with the, with the club and between the players and the fans. And the home form was very good. We've had this decent cup run. The away form was good. Sunderland are, are still being backed in massive numbers away from home. Nearly 7,000 watched Sunderland. Uh, against Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, but this it doesn't really do anything for this streaky Lee Johnson reputation that seems to have followed them from Bristol City and that, that fans are, uh, are pointing out again. I think it's you know, I suppose there's a um, I suppose there's a tension or a contrast between the fact that you know for this new regime, if you like, you know Christian Speedman, Kilo Dreyfus, and this squad of players, this is quite early stages. Um, of a long journey, you know, for a lot of these players in 10, 12 games in their senior career, what have you. Of course, it's very different for us and it's especially different for fans who are in the fourth year of a journey because this journey is one that started when the club first came down the division and it's quite difficult to accept, isn't it, having these conversations when, you know, we used to talk a lot in that first season back in 2018-19 of Sunderland being vulnerable to long balls down the middle. You know, and that we had a concerns that Sunderland's defensive players weren't equipped to deal with that. So you have two very different journeys, if you like, that maybe some of the staff and players are on and that the fans are on. And I think there is an acceptance, um, you know, that 
that they have to deliver promotion for for the fans this season. And yeah, really brutal few days. I think I can only stress that enough that you know I certainly felt, particularly the last half an hour of both of those games, was really numbing stuff. You know, kind of watching the clock tick down and watching someone not really getting anywhere. So you can only really imagine what it was like for the supporters, many of whom have probably made that trip and probably spent a lot of money going to QPR the week before as well. So I think there's almost a little bit of a contrast there um, in terms of the journey that we're on. But I think, yeah, it's... Although I think fans are accepting of the fact that this is a new direction and it's a young squad, you know, it, it is tough to kind of brace yourself for that winter again, like we kind of joked at at the start, when you've kind of already seen this three times. Um, and like you say, there was that trust that, you know, this time would be different and hopefully it still will be. Hopefully it still will be. I guess I make no mistake of, um, no secret, sorry, of the fact that, you know, I, I rate Lee Johnson, I believe in, in the project he's trying to build with young players and Christian Speakman ahead of him. And, you know, I think Sulla need to get out of the cycle of, of sacking managers mid-season because I don't think it, it helps anybody. But I, th- I think from a fan's point of view and from the fans I've spoken to and friends and just stuff that I've seen online. Lee Johnson's talked a lot about protocol, but it's very difficult to get your head around that when you see decisions like 0-9 taking corners and and three kicks and stuff like that and still possibly playing in the middle when maybe he should have been rested or taken out. Um, And, you know, what's the protocol behind Gooch not being able to, to pick up Sheffield Wednesdays? left wing back for the whole of the game. It's stuff like that that's that's really really frustrating. But I guess you can't just level that at Lee Johnson as well because O9 has to do better. Lyndon Gooch has to do better in that situation. I think that's an important point from the last couple of games as well that you know we have talked a lot about the youngsters and for obvious reasons, but you know the senior players have been fallen short of their own standards as well. You know, you look at Aidan McGinney's red card at Rotherham, you know, Bailey Wright came on for the for the second half of that game and, and that didn't really help the side. Um, so, yeah, I think you, you, you're right in what you're saying. Listen, Lee Johnson, he said it again after the Sheffield Wednesday game, he's still aiming for top spot. That's still the goal this season. So he'll expect and it's only right that he's judged against that standard. In the last couple of weeks, they've fallen well short of that and he knows that. Um, but you are right in what you're saying as well. You know, we can talk about the younger players and that's clearly a factor. You look at that second goal, Sheffield Wednesday, there's an experience in that defence that's factored to it. But there's also senior players making mistakes as well. So there's a yeah, there's a lot of blame to be shared, I guess, is the best way of putting it from the last two games. But Johnson hasn't shied away from the fact that for all we're talking about this long-term project, etc., you know, he expects to be up at the top of the season and he knows he'll be judged against that standard. Absolutely. Mansfield Town at home in the FA Cup first round proper. On Saturday, kick off 3pm. I mean, I'll stop short of calling it a lose-lose, but fans are very much concentrating on the league form so that, you know, they're not particularly bothered about Mansfield at the Cup. But should Sunderland, you know, do the unthinkable and lose that game, it's definitely going to be, you know, used as a, a stick or, a you know, a, a barometer to to judge Lee Johnson against, isn't it? It's, it's sort of a, it's a, a real tricky fixture. Yeah, well, I was there, you know, one of the few in the ground last year when they lost to Mansfield in the first round of the FA Cup. And I didn't come away thinking, oh, well, at least we can concentrate on the league now. I'm not bothered about the FA Cup. I came away very concerned about the level of performance that we'd seen from what was quite a strong side. Pattinson made a lot of changes that day. Um, But the team looked a bit of a mess, really. Admittedly, they missed, I think Danny Graham missed an open goal pretty much early on. But after that, they were genuinely outplayed. 
and to be honest, that was a very significant game in terms of the development of, of what happened afterwards because it set a lot of alarm bells ringing. And when they then lost to MK Dons in a kind of similar fashion a week later, I, I, that was very much the beginning of the end. It's a very different club now, and I'm not saying that would be the case for Johnson, not not for a second, because I think there's a lot more stability in, in, in faith generally. But I guess what I, I'm trying to say is that you're right in what you say, that for all we might have concerns about the FA Cup and the Cup schedule and what have you, um, there is no real way in my eyes that losing the game can be a positive. Yes, you could argue they'll get a free weekend or a chance to get a game in later in the month, but is that worth the confidence of losing another game? If, if, you know That faith, that support you've talked about being tested a little bit further, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And also, you've got to pick a team to go out and win the game and win the game because otherwise you might get a replay. Yeah, and um, an extra fixture and maybe another one after that. So as far as I'm concerned, try and take the replay out of the occasion. Yes, make changes because I think it is blatantly obvious that there are a few players who need a little bit of a breather and this is a chance to do that. But pick a team that's strong enough to go and win the game, win it in 90 minutes. Yes, you'll have another game on a Saturday in a couple of weeks, but please God, do not send any of us to Mansfield in 10 days' time. <laughs> And that is no offence to Mansfield because my brother lives there and it is a lovely part of the world and I'm very fond of it, but nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So, yeah, I have concerns over the schedule like all supporters, but the last thing we need is a replay. And then, you know, you might end up playing the second round game anyway. Um, So, yes, that is my my strong opinion. Would somebody please think of Phil Smith, please? (laughs) It is all all about me. (laughs) But um, you mentioned team news there what are we expecting I, I was taking a look at the, the minutes Sunderland players have played Carl Winchester's up there he's played pretty much every minute Ross Stewart pl- pr- uh, pretty much every minute in the league as well Dennis Sergan surely won't risk him because if he gets injured there's no sort of first team replacement so might we see you know an under 23 left back coming in and surely the like of likes of all nine need to rest as well I mean th- there's options there for Lee Johnson with maybe Pritchard and whatnot but what are you expecting Phil? Well, I would pick Pritchard and Embleton because they haven't had too demanded in schedule of recently and they'll bring you a lot of quality. I'll pick Frederick Alves um, and give Flanagan a rest because he's about to go off on national duty, so he might have a couple of games to play. So just give him a breather. I'd pick Bailey Wright. Um, I think Alves and Wright have looked a good partnership, so I'd put them in. I'd put Lee Burge in. Um, so, yeah, already there, you're not far off a full team, are you? And it's pretty strong. Possibly Ollie Younger at right-back, maybe? Possibly Ollie Younger at right-back. I think that's definitely an option, yeah. Um, obviously, Johnson will have a better sense of what Winchester's fatigue level is like. But yeah, Younger has to be an option at right-back, doesn't he? I'd be sending Ross Stewart off to Roka Beach to sunbathe and have an espresso martini for two weeks. Some mint challenge or something like that would be nice. He's been brilliant over the last couple of weeks in very difficult circumstances and he just deserves a rest. You've got Will Harris who's been excellent in the under-23s, and Nathan Broadhead, who you can give some minutes to. So, yeah, I think you can make fairly significant changes, which is required, while also having the nucleus of a of a team that's more than strong enough to, to go and win the game. So I think there'll be a lot of changes, but I think we'll still see a side that we look at and think, you know what, that's good enough to win this game. Indeed. And just finally, it's such... Um... The schedule, it's so awkward, isn't it? Because we've lost against we've lost against Charlton, lost against Sheffield, Wednesday, lost against Rotherham. And then you've got these two cup games, the, the the FA Cup game, a complete dead rubber against Bradford, and then such a long time to the Ipswich game because of the international break. 
I think it's on the 20th of November or something. It's it's not ideal, is it really, in, in how you would want your season to be to be sort of developing? No, it, it's not ideal. I mean, I, I am of the view now that, you know, kind of side point, I suppose, but we should just introduce the international breaks to League One. Mm. Every time the international break comes around, there's about four fixtures being played in League One. It's a complete waste of time. You know, if you just put the international breaks in, it's better for managers, it's better for fans, massively better for fans who can actually have a better planning. It makes the league fairer because everyone's in the same boat and it avoids, you know, schedule and difficulties or what have you. Um, and it's far from ideal because those two defeats are now going to really linger whatever happens in the next two games. And that's not great. Um, but yeah, just bring the international breaks in. We're going through every year, the first three, four months of the season, we go through this, all clubs go through this huge sort of stress of not knowing whether they're going to be playing or not. Um, only for three or four fixtures to take place anyway. It's just a complete waste of time. It'd be better for everyone if they just accepted that the way the game is now at the third tee, you're better off having the national break. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like being punished for having a, for having good players in a way, I suppose, because it disrupts your, your schedule so much. Right, Phil, I think that draws to a close another episode of the Raw Podcast. Thank you for joining me. You can subscribe to the Echo, um, a sports-only subscription package on the Sunderland Echo website, and there you will get to read all of Phil Smith's content alongside Joe Nicholson, myself, Richard Meneer, so match reports, player ratings, all of that good stuff. And thank you once again for listening to the Raw Podcast. <laughs>